Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Five, four, three, two, one, zero. All engine running. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. And welcome back into the Bama on three show. This is your host, Clint Lamb, sitting here once again with Jimmy Stein. Jimmy, National Signing Day was yesterday. You know, we were, I guess we were a little bit busy, um, you know, here or there. I know that you didn't stop typing for like four straight hours. I mean, I actually asked you before we hopped on to start recording if all the stuff that you were putting out on the message board yesterday, if any of it was pre-written, and you said no, and I was blown away. There's no way. I mean, you were cranking out, and I was reading it, and like, just, you know, if I was typing that quickly and putting out stuff that fast, there would be, you know, grammatical errors. There would be like, you know, I miss say something because I was just having thoughts or whatever. I'm sure there were. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't know. I was reading through all of it, you know, when, when I would get a chance. And, I mean, I didn't really notice anything that stood out. A fantastic job yesterday. Fantastic coverage on the message boards. You know, it's a grand national signing day. I mean, I, I, but it's fun at the same time. Well, I've always compared it to Christmas for a reason, uh, and I think I was doing that even before Nick Saban came to Alabama, <laughs> but now that Nick Saban's here and all these classes all sort of look the same, uh, it, it really does feel like Christmas. It's, it's, it's sparkling brand new toys under the tree. I mean, uh, it's, it's, it's fun, and, and yeah, it was a lot of work, and thanks to you and your hard work, I mean, I think uh, the Bama on three site kept up with uh with all the other uh sites uh, even though it's just me and you for right now and and i think we we kept up with with everyone else and had a lot of great original content uh with you providing the news and me posting on the board uh you know i i think our our subscribers were uh were, were happy with all with all that yesterday and now we get to break it all down yeah and that's what i'm i, I couldn't wait you know we were going to do this yesterday and then i realized man i my, I mean, by the end of the day, my brain was fried. And so I kept thinking, man, if I hop on here, I'm going to be drawing out thoughts and, you know, not being able to, you know, thoughts were leaving me yesterday. I was trying to figure out what I was going to do for dinner yesterday or yesterday evening. And I would drift off, like thinking about something else. And here we go. 30 minutes later, I'm like, man, I, yeah, I was, I'm starving. I don't know why I haven't went and figured out what I was going to do for dinner yet. So I was like, there's no way I'm hopping on a podcast and recording it and it being anything remotely quality. I need a good night's sleep. And now here we are, and we're about to break it all down for everybody. So let's talk a little bit about it. Alabama yesterday going in, had the second ranked recruiting class, or were they? Yeah, they were second, correct? That's great. And Finished they, as, of, as of now. Now that's, it's not over, but right. as of now. And now they've exited yesterday with the number two recruiting class. And I'm, I'm sure that there are going to be some some people who aren't happy with that if they don't have a one next to their name they're not happy but it's a great class and Eli Ricks is not being counted so far but that's a quality player an immediate impact player we're going to get into more about him and about that decision and what that means to the class and everything else soon but just overall yesterday going in we knew that Alabama was going to be in the mix for several high profile players 
Some they landed, some they didn't, but exiting the day, four top 90 commitments. And you had Eli Ricks, which was the icing on the cake. You know, it was the cherry on top. And me looking at it, and I just got done writing an article about this and shared it on the Bama on three uh, website, is I think that what Alabama was able to achieve yesterday with their commitments and the guys that they secured, the new guys, it brought balance to the class. You know, going in, it was very offensive heavy, right? I mean, you're talking about seven top 100 prospects on the offensive side of the football, only three on defense. And then of the five commitments total that Alabama got yesterday, if you include Eli Ricks, four of them came on defense, two corners, a defensive lineman, and and an an edge rusher. And then you got, you know, added another receiver. So by doing that, you now, the split I think is now eight to six. The total commitments out of the 25, if you include Eli Ricks, is sitting at 13 on offense, 12 on defense. So I think yesterday was huge as far as bringing balance to the class overall. It really was, uh, the, the, you know, Alabama holding on, I think came into the day with something like 21 public commitments, but, you know, uh, we, we made our subscribers uh, aware uh, that, that, that Robert Woodyard was, was, was very likely to flip to Auburn. That, that was not a surprise to us, uh, and that Alabama would not be signing Walter Bob, uh, who, who has to focus on academics. So that, that meant we, we have 19 uh, commitments, and then how many could we add? And, and uh, we ended up adding four. What was exciting is all four of the guys that were added were big time fun kids. I mean, Curtis Perry, uh, an incredibly productive defensive lineman, Earl Little, uh, one of the top athletes in the United States, one of the top ranked cornerbacks. Uh, his story is a lot like Pat Sertan, and we'll, we'll talk about that later. But Adding uh, guys like that, Shaz Preston, uh, who, who's a nationally renowned, uh, highly ranked wide receiver, uh, you know, adding guys to what was already committed, uh, G- uh, Jihad Campbell, a uh, great, great prospect at IMG. Um, it, it just, it, it made the day very fun. Of course, there were some losses. They weren't too surprising, though. I mean, in terms of the information that we provided, to people on uh, in the news and, and on our board, I don't think most Alabama fans were shocked that Shamar James signed with somewhere else and that Marvin Jones signed with someone else and, and, and I White signed with someone else. I, I don't think uh, we were caught off guard and I think that helps. Uh, I think that information helps. I think when, when it comes as a shock to people is when they get upset. <laughs> but uh, I, I, I think our, our people have been, uh, made realistic about what the situation was in, in each of those instances, but adding four to what they already had and then capped off by the guy that's not even counting as far as signing day, because you, you can get uh, the, those guys. Transfer portal doesn't have a signing day. You, you can get those guys, you know, whenever. Uh, but uh, we did. It did happen to be signing day when, when Eli Ricks let the world know that he was going to Alabama, and uh, it, it just made uh, an already great day uh, even greater. It really did. I mean, like I said, it was the icing on the cake. And, and what I like about what happened yesterday uh, with the additions and with the signings, you start looking through at, at what are some concerns for Alabama, not in 2021, you know, you're starting to wrap up the season, but what are going to be some concerns going into the 2022 season? And I think that that is very fascinating to watch because, you know, if you lose Jamison Williams and you lose John Mechie, 
it's now the third consecutive year that you've lost two of your top pass catchers. And, and Alabama's done a great job of replacing those guys. And they had a great recruiting class in 2021, but you needed more talent and more bodies. And, and I'm not just saying at receiver, I'm saying as far as your pass catchers are concerned. And they've certainly addressed that. I mean, I think that Shaz Preston was kind of the icing on the cake um, or, or really the, the headliner that really took the, the, the group from being a talented group one that you really like to be in one that you love because he's the number three receiver in the class, uh, not an overly big guy. You know, Alabama's kind of getting away a little bit from the big body receivers. They'll still bring in some of those big X receivers. You know, Treshawn Holden's a big body guy. You know, Ja'Cory Brooks um, has, you know, some size and, and I think could be a, a good X receiver. Ajay Hall, you know, that's another one that has a lot of length. Now he's more of a vertical threat and, and can do a lot of great things as far as acrobatic catches and things like that. But for the most part, Alabama is trending in the same direction as the NFL. The NFL has seen, you know, if you look at it, there are still teams that are trying to draft the big body receivers, the Nikhil Harrys and all those guys. And they're not, very few of them are panning out. Now, DK Metcalf is an exception. There are other exceptions. But really, the NFL, a lot of offenses are wanting the guys who can create separation through their route running. And then you get yourself an accurate quarterback. You don't even have to have a quarterback that's got, you know, just a, a heck of an arm. You just need a guy that's going to be able to throw the football with accuracy and get it where it needs to go and let your playmakers make plays after the catch. And I think that, that Alabama, in a lot of ways, is following suit, and we've seen that for a while now. I mean, you look at Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddle and Jerry Judy and Henry Ruggs and, you know, John Mechie. All these guys are not overly big guys. They're not impressive physically, but they do a great job with their route running. They're very productive, and that even dates back to the Amari Cooper days. I mean, it feels like the only really big-bodied receiver that Alabama's had that's been dominant was Julio Jones back in the day, uh, which has been quite a while. So, you know, I like, you know, what they're doing at receiver, at running back. There's been depth concerns. You're losing Brian Robinson Jr. after this year. So going out there and getting yourself a couple, you know, two of the top seven running backs in the country, that's great. On defense, love what they did with the defensive line, man. Absolutely love it. Uh, and, and I'll tell you why. From a recruiting standpoint, from a numbers ranking standpoint, it looks okay, but it's nothing great. You added three players, four if you, you know, I think we all know Walter Bob's probably not going to be a part of their class this year. But, you know, so you got three guys, but Otis is your big-bodied early down run defender, very, you know, space eater, you know, gives you kind of a Jordan Davis type of feel. He's not nearly as athletic as Jordan Davis, at least not at this point in his career, but he can do some similar things as far as providing quality run-stopping reps. And then you look at the other two guys with Isaiah Hastings, you know, kind of a raw player, still relatively new to football after being from Canada, but very high upside player, especially as a pass rusher. And then I love Curtis Perry as far as being a guy that you're going to be able to move around, create mismatch problems. And, and when you're talking about adding impactful interior pass rushers, Perry is going to be an absolute monster eventually for the Crimson Tide. Yeah, I like that defensive line group exactly for the reason you, you break it down. I don't see any of the three being guys that help Alabama this upcoming season. I don't think so. But Alabama may not need a lot of immediate help. And, and if you need immediate help, it's almost bet, best addressed through the portal than high school recruiting if you need immediate help. But Alabama returns on the defensive line, for instance, uh, Byron Young, who is really good down the stretch. DJ Dale, who is an extremely uh, experienced player, Tim Smith, who might frankly be the best defensive lineman on the team next season, 
and uh, and Justin Aboigby, who, who who didn't have a great twenty twenty one for for some reason, but he'll be a senior, and, and and those four guys alone are very experienced. Then you have a couple of guys like Jamil Burrows. I, I think they're sort of high on him. He hasn't played a lot yet, but he should be a bigger part of things next season. So you got guys for next year, so you can be patient while Otis gets in the shape he needs to be to be a contributing SEC football player, while Curtis Perry gets a little bit bigger and stronger, and while you teach Isaiah Hastings literally how to play football. So all three are tremendous upside guys, maybe not guys that help us this upcoming season, probably not, but I don't know that you need immediate help with the four guys we have that are returning with a lot of experience and others who who have been getting ready to be contributors uh, so I love that group because of the the upside. We might not see them in 2022, but all three could be big parts of things in 2023. They absolutely could. And, and I mean, so with the defensive line, like I said, just a great balance of, you know, you got a quality run stopper. You got some very high upside interior pass rushing prospects who are, I don't think going to be liabilities against the run at all. So, you know, you like that balance that they bring. You look at the, you know, you add another quality edge rusher in Campbell. And and I like that because, you know, you never know what's going to happen with a Drew Sanders, with a Chris Braswell. You know, you, you got Jeremiah Alexander coming in. You've got your two starters in Dallas Turner and Will Anderson coming back next year. But you can never have too many pass rushers. And, and we've seen what happens when your uh, position starts getting hit with with injuries. It can get really thin really quick. So adding Campbell to go along with Jeremiah Alexander was huge. So I really like that. You talk about how much of a question mark the perimeter corner is going to be going into next year. You know, Jalen Armour Davis, Josh Job, where are those two guys at? You know, I think that it's possible that both are gone. If that happens, you got Kool-Aid McKinstry, you got Kyrie Jackson. Both those guys could end up, you know, starting in the college football playoff. We don't know that for sure. It could be Jalen Armour Davis, but it looks like Josh Job is not going to play. And so, you know, what happens as far as your future is concerned, the depth with Marcus Banks choosing to leave, you know, where, where are they at as far as the cornerback position? And you add Earl Little Jr. yesterday to go with Fagans. I think that that really, uh, with his versatility, he can do a lot of different things for your defense. I think that that was, you know, encouraging to Alabama fans, but with all these other corners that they had already had or had wanted going elsewhere, there was still some concern with the depth and the, you know, you really needed a frontline starter, in my opinion, or a guy that could compete for a frontline starting spot. And then you go out and you get Eli Ricks. And now, you know, you've got that position, you know, shored up for the foreseeable future, you know, for at least 2022. That's, you know, fantastic. You've built the long-term depth and you've gotten the guy right now who can come in and be an immediate impact player. You know that he can. And I think that that's huge. So defensively addressed a lot of positions. Offensively, like I said, anytime that you're able to get a five-star quarterback like Ty Simpson, and he's really the, the headliner of your class, I guess you'd say, you can build around that and, and, you know, you need to continue to build the depth at quarterback because you never know what's going to happen in the transfer portal. But whether you're talking about three of the, the top 10 tight ends in the country, including the number one tight end, as long as Jalil Skinner signs, which he has not yet, he's the, you know, one of only two players that hadn't, but as long as he ends up signing three of the top 10 tight ends. And that's where I think that a lot of teams are going with the big body guys instead of going to get those big body receivers that can't really do anything else you go and you get the athletic tight ends the Kyle Pitts the Darren Waller type of mold who can you know be a big body you know red zone threat you know when you're trying to score touchdowns they can be guys who can win 50 50 balls and create 
physical mismatches against, you know, certain defenders. And then you go and get your actual receivers with the smaller guys who can run routes effectively and create and you can send them vertical when they're effective. So I really like what Alabama's done all across the board with this recruiting class. Yeah, it's like the new rules in college football sort of favor speed and and you can have smaller guys because so much of the brutality of the game has been legislated out of it. Uh, it's just a safer game to play with less brutal hits on quarterbacks and receivers because of the targeting rule and other things. So, yeah, I'm with you. Uh, I, I think Alabama signing class is a reaction to 2021 football. And Ty Simpson's a great 2021 quarterback because much like, you know, I'm not comparing him to Bryce Young, but much like Bryce, uh, when I watch Ty's tape, uh, I see at quickly delivering the ball to his playmakers who then score. <laughs> he, he gets the ball out quickly and accurately. He's not a six foot six guy that stands in the pocket and, and delivers the ball deep downfield into small windows like the traditional NFL quarterback. I think Ty is more of a point guard like Bryce. Everything is fast, 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 fast. Good decisions, fast. Ball gets in the right place at the right time and quickly. Uh, that's what kind of quarterback he is to me. Uh, he can also make a, he can also make plays. Uh, he can make plays outside the pocket uh, because of his athleticism. And, and, and yeah, I agree with you. He's either the headliner of the class or the uh, co-headliner because uh, because I'm I'm really high on Jeremiah Alexander. To me, a guy who uh, who who doesn't have a floor. He's all ceiling, no floor. Uh, I, I will be stunned if Jeremiah Alexander isn't at minimum a very good player. And, and of course, he has the ceiling to be uh, an impossibly great player, uh, similar to Will Anderson, different. I don't think he's ever going to rack up sack numbers like Will's got. But in terms of, uh, I tell you who he's more, more like to me is Dallas Turner, uh, 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 I think his skill sets like Dallas, but but to me he can be like at least Dallas Turner, which which is really exciting. What I like about Alexander is that I think that you know he's a very powerful guy. He already seems to have a really good feel for you know hand usage and things like that. What I really like about the setup of this next year, you know, he seems like a guy that's going to be willing to come in. He's not. A, do you think he's really expecting to come in and start over Will Anderson? No. Is he really expecting to come in and start over Dallas Turner? I don't think so. I don't I don't see how you could watch Dallas Turner progress this year and then believe, hey, I'm gonna, you know, come in and start over him. So I think he understands going in that he's going to be a rotational piece as an, as a, a a freshman, as a first year player. But Will Anderson Jr. is going to be a junior next year. He'll be draft eligible following next season depending on what happens with Drew Sanders, and we don't know what's going to happen. Right now, I guess the, the assumption should be Drew Sanders and Dallas Turner are probably going to be your starters in 2023. But what I like about Jeremiah Alexander coming in is that he provides a guy that I think is going to be able to contribute at least some early in his career, but he's also going to get to, to develop behind the scenes, become you know a truly effective edge option, and then by the time that Alabama fans see him on the field, he's going to look like a superstar from day one that they're really seeing him consistently. But then also if things progress and something happens with Drew Sanders, then heading into 2023, you're losing a very impactful player in Will Anderson. 
but you're also sitting there saying, okay, we, now we got Dallas Turner, who's kind of become one of the top pass rushers in college football. And we got this guy by the name of Jeremiah Alexander, who's ready to step up and be that complimentary piece to him. It keeps that, you know, top notch quality exterior pass rush going. And what's wild is that Alabama, I mean, when you think about their last three recruiting classes with Campbell and Alexander, both those two guys being two of the top four edge players in the country last year, they get two of the top five and in, in coat and Dallas Turner the year before three, five stars, plus a guy who was ranked, you know, up there as well. And Q Robinson, just incredible. The amount of exterior pass rushers they've been able to accumulate in the last few classes especially when Alabama for so long was known as really not having dominant exterior pass rush. Like they had the good interior guys, but nobody, you know, Ryan Anderson was a good guy. You know, Tim Williams was probably considered the best. Courtney Upshaw was a good, you know, exterior pass rusher, but he was more of an edge setting run defender. So it's wild how things have transitioned and Alabama has been finally able to get those guys who can live up to that standard and be some of the top pass rushers in the country. Alabama's recruited every single position very well. Uh, but there is no question in my mind that in insofar as where, what Alabama does best or where Alabama recruits best is that outside linebacker spot. In the past two to three classes, Alabama has just stockpiled guys there. I think there are guys that don't even play that are good. I think uh, a couple of them could end up portaling out, and Alabama fans might be surprised at how good someone like a King M. Wakuda is. Uh, but he could be an All-American type player. I mean, he, Drew Sanders is – Fantastic Alabama sort of redshirted Keanu Coat, uh, who's who's I, I think has significant upside, especially as a third down player. Uh, Alabama's just really, really recruited well and added, you know, Jeremiah Alexander, who is very capable of playing and starting quickly. And uh, maybe Jihad Campbell might be more of a redshirt type guy like Keanu Coat in the sense you might want to add some size to him. But uh, but Jihad Campbell is another extremely highly recruited. A uh, high-end talent, uh, unbelievable what Alabama has stockpiled in that outside linebacker room. It really is. I mean, when when I was going through the class yesterday, you know, there for a while, and I kind of switched it up on how I was going to approach the article. But originally, I was going to do a strength and and weaknesses piece and, and really talk about where Alabama really delivered as far as positions and then places that they were weak. And if they didn't add Eli Ricks yesterday, overall, I probably would have put cornerback in the weakness category even though weakness is relative relative to all the other positions that they've not only have talent at but you know added in this recruiting class you just add Fagans and and Little and it's a those are a good duo and I think they're great for the future but I think that you know you've missed something as far as your depth is concerned because all it takes is one of those two guys you know eventually entering the transfer portal or whatever I think that you need to be adding if you can, at least three cornerbacks per class, because we're starting to figure out how important those players can be. And especially when, you know, you got guys transferring out and guys leaving early for the NFL, it will be interesting to see how that position progresses. But then when I was really diving in, I mean, I, I, I there for a second, I thought about listing the, the interior defensive line. And then I really started looking at the trio they added. And I'm like, there's no way I'm going to make this a weakness. I mean, from a, from a star standpoint, maybe, just three guys, your highest rated guy being the number 75 overall player. But really, when you actually start looking, the lowest rated guy, the three is ranked 150th in the country. And I loved the combination of skill sets that they added. So there, I couldn't make that receiver, running back, quarterback with the five-star tight end, you know, offensive line. 
I understand that, you know, there were some offensive linemen that fans wanted, but I don't think the coaching staff really felt like it was as much of a need as fans did. Uh, they go out and they sign two of the top, you know, 50 players in the country in Elijah Pritchett and Tyler Booker. You know, you got an interior offensive lineman. You got, you know, a, an offensive tackle with a lot of upside. And then you got, you know, Shore as, you know, another offensive lineman, a third offensive lineman coming in, plus the recruiting class, the historically good recruiting class along the offensive line that they got last year. Some fans might be down on that because the offensive line has been an issue and a lot of these true freshmen haven't stepped up and earned a starting job. From what I've heard, and Jimmy, you may have heard different, but I think the coaching staff is completely fine with where this group is at. It's just they needed a little bit of development, but 2022 and beyond, I think you're going to start seeing a lot more of those guys. And I think that they're them not you know, really pushing heavily based off of the guys they had already signed to go and get some of these top-tier guys that were out there I think that should tell you that they feel pretty confident in their 2021 group. Um, so the offensive line, I think was fine. Like I said, defensive line edge group, great off ball linebacker. You lose Woodyard to, uh, to Auburn, but Sean Murphy, I don't think it's a big position of need anyways. I guess it depends a lot. You know, even if, uh, even if Toto and Christian Harris choose to leave early, I still think Alabama's in pretty good shape at that position, but it's possible that one or maybe both of those guys could come back and then you're really not, in a position. And not only that, you added a borderline five-star player, a top 50 prospect in Sean Murphy. Can't really say that's a problem safety. You know, I think that that's fine, especially with the guys they already have on the roster corner. It's just, there, there's nowhere at all, Jimmy, where I think Alabama fell short. Yeah. Couldn't agree more. You, 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 exactly. With, with the breakdown, when you look at it that way, there is not a position on the team. There's not a position on the field. Alabama didn't address and didn't sign a quality player at you. You, if, if you're picking nits, that, that, that's fine. maybe maybe there was room for one more defensive lineman, maybe one more linebacker, maybe one more DB, maybe one more offensive lineman. Room for more, or maybe you take one more at those spots. But in terms of who they did get at those spots, you have to be really excited about literally every position group, every position group, every room, every assistant coach on the team was helped by what was added yesterday. That's a great way to put it. Um, so, you know, I think that we've covered it pretty well. And like, you know, somebody on the board requested that we, you know, make an hour long podcast talking about this group. And, you know, we, we certainly can, and we will address it more tomorrow. We won't do it in one sitting because the, the higher ups want us to keep these podcasts a little bit shorter, 30 to 40 minutes. And, Jimmy and I have talked and we could certainly make this in a two, three hours, no problem. Uh, but you know, at the same time, I don't think there's certain people that would be willing to listen to it for two or three hours, but I think that would cut down a little bit. Um, so we try to keep these as short as we possibly can. And Jimmy and I are both long winded, but, uh, we'll be talking more about this recruiting class and breaking it down a little bit more and, you know, really addressing it position by position. And, uh, you know, I think we did a pretty good job of doing that today, but we'll do it even more so because we also got some mailbag questions. And then we might look, uh, you know, on tomorrow's episode at some of the players Alabama can maybe look to sign. It's kind of hard to know where some of these guys are at and where Alabama stands, but we'll try to do our best to, to dive in and see who else could potentially be added. And then maybe look at some transfer portal options uh, that Alabama can maybe look to add. And I mean, Eli Ricks is already the one where you look and you say, hey, uh, if that's the only portal guy they add, they're in great shape. But otherwise, um, I think they're fine. So that's going to do it for today's episode. Jimmy, do you have anything else that you want to add before we get out of here? No, just a little, uh, hopefully Jaleel Skinner is added uh, today or tomorrow. Uh, I have no information uh, to believe otherwise. Uh, he did visit Miami this past weekend. It's fair to be nervous 
because of his last minute visit to Miami and that he hasn't signed yet, but there's an explanation for why he hasn't signed yet. And ho hopefully it could happen today or tomorrow. I'm expecting him to, uh, yeah, add him and, and it just been a great, a great group for sure. Uh, I'm excited about it. I'm excited about what they may add from the portal. And even in the late period, there could be a guy or two. And we'll talk about that on tomorrow's show. Absolutely, man. And yeah, Skinner's the one, you know, once he signs, I think that Alabama fans should be thrilled. If he doesn't sign, if he ends up going to Miami or elsewhere, that's one where you can say, man, that's a bummer. Cause I really think that he would, he's going to be a heck of a player. He's not an overly big guy. Five, and I know he's six, five. He's got a lot of length, but I think he's only 210, 215 pounds. So, you know, need to add some size to him, but he's that perfect guy that can be a move tight end. Really, you're going to be lining him up as one of those big body receivers that we were talking about. Uh, nowadays, you, you add the tight ends for that kind of stuff, and then you keep your receivers as the smaller guys like we talked about. And I think that Skinner is going to be a heck of a player, uh, a tremendous athlete with a lot of size. So I think that it would be a big miss if Alabama didn't end up signing him. But as long as they do, this class is in my opinion, damn near perfect. There was not a whole lot of changes that I would make. I mean, outside of just saying, oh, I wish we could see Alabama sign this guy or that guy just to be picky. I think it's a great group. and I think fans should be very pleased with what the coaching staff was able to do. So, Jimmy, as always, man, I appreciate you uh, hopping in here with me. We'll do this again tomorrow, and we appreciate you guys listening in. And send any questions that you have. We already got a couple of mailbag questions. If you got something recruiting-wise, that you want us to answer, or, you know, it can be, you know, related to Cincinnati. It can be related to the team in general. It could be a position group, just whatever you want answered, send it over to, to Jimmy or I, you know, Jimmy at QB underscore country, me at Clint R. Lamb, and we'll try to get that answer for you. So appreciate you guys tuning in. This has been the Bam on three show and I'm your host, Clint Lamb. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Jumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Jumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.